another episode of the High Ground Podcast, and I am very excited. Um, today we are talking about the women of the Star Wars galaxy, and it's it's Women's History Month. I probably should have done this episode last week, but uh, scheduling and whatnot. Anyways, it's going to be amazing. Um, I'm super excited because I have awesome guests, and uh, we've done one similar to this before, and it was probably my favorite episode of all time. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, we'll jump into this right here on the high ground. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am super excited. I have uh, uh, a lot of, uh, actually, it's been a while since I've had any of you guys on you know i've had uh tia and Migs on before but it's been a minute benali and danielle first time coming on but i am really excited to talk to you guys and hear your perspectives uh so i want to start we will go around and i'll have you introduce you know who are you where can we find your amazing content and um let's talk about tragedy who's the most tragic character in all of star wars um uh-oh, we lost Tia. All right, Tia's back. Anyhow, <laughs> I'll start with uh I'll start with Meeks. Okay, hi, I am Fangirl Meeks. Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. I also have Twitter. Um, but I feel like my main places, especially for content, would be TikTok um and Instagram. And um Let's see. Okay. When I was thinking about this question, the first person who popped into my head was Jyn Erso because I think given her history, like losing her parents, one to unaliving and one to separation, and then being taken in by Sagarera and trained like as a soldier, not as like a small child. I think she was like, what, seven or something? And then being called his daughter and then being abandoned by him <laughs> and meeting the family, um, striking up a friendship with the mother and a relationship with the son and spoilers, losing them as well. And then meeting the Rogue One crew and kind of gaining trust again in her father but then having like the leaders in the rebellion not trust her word and striking off on her own and then coming to a tragic end in Rogue One like <laughs> I can never watch that movie and not cry my eyes out so I would say the most tragic character for me is dinner Nice. That's a good one. See, that's not where my mind went. So I, I, I appreciate it. I love all the the, the thoughts. Um, how about you, Benali? Um, hi, my name's Benali. Um, in terms of where you can find me, I am actually terribly terrible at social media, but I am on Instagram at Benali12. Um, and in terms of tragic characters, I mean, my favorite characters are pretty tragic. It's Obi-Wan and Leia. Um, and I find that their tragedy is not the things that happen to them, but the way that they respond to those. So Leia famously loses her whole planet, her whole family, and instead is 
consoling um, Luke. Obi-Wan consistently keeps losing people um, and instead puts that energy into helping Anakin, helping Ahsoka, uh, the Council, the Republic. And I'm like, that's really sweet. But have you, I don't know, seen a therapist? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Uh, I love it. Um, How about you, Danielle? Yeah, hi, I'm Danielle. I'm written in the Star Wars on TikTok, written in the SW on Twitter, on Instagram, because someone already had my name. But uh, when I was thinking about this question, I had two, which are kind of probably obvious, but they're the most tragic to me. Uh, The clones and Ahsoka, because the clones just kind of never really had a chance to have anything other than a tragic ending, Um, except for we get to thankfully see Rex and Wolf have uh, somewhat of a happy ending that we know of so far. And then Ahsoka just had literally everyone in her life taken from her, except for Rex. And then they separated for so many years before they got to see each other again. And it genuinely breaks my heart. And in spite of all of that, all of that loss that she had and having to come to terms with what happened to Anakin, she still has so much hope for a better future, uh, despite the empire and despite everything that she's lost. Yeah. Yes. Ah, we love it. Also, I I, I got a, a shout out uh, in the chat. Mari J says the best ship is Obi Wan and therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about you, Camilla? Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I'm late. I like was like I'm ready for this, and then my boss was like, "Let's get on Zoom," and I said, "Okay." So, but anyway, I'm here, I made it. Hello everyone. Yes. Um, what am I supposed to say? I'm so happy you, you're able to make it. Um, no, I'm just just asking, you know, who are you, where we can find your awesome content and who's the most tragic character in Star Wars. But I'd be happy to come back to you and hit, uh, hit to you first, all right? I am, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, oh, okay, yeah, go so for it. my name is Camilla, um, obviously. Um, you can find me on TikTok, at Wookie. Um and also i'm one half of the open circle fleet with beth skywalker uh we uh provide good support for all of the people after these you know star wars shows decide to break our hearts um also open circle fleet on TikTok as well uh but also i have a star wars narrative podcast it's called beings of the galaxy um it tells the story of different people in the background and how they are the heroes of their own stories. If you check it out, you will get to hear some um, familiar people, including uh, Darth Chaco and Meeks. They are both featured in season one. Um, And then tragic character. So shockingly, shockingly, I'm going to mention Padme. Um, I don't know. Is Beth here? Or not, excuse me, Brooke? Brooke sent me these beautiful earrings and I just got them today. Um, Shout out to Far, Far Away Factory. Amazing gear. Check it out. If you want to be sad. Yes, exactly. Um, So, so yes, I got, I got those today. I was like, perfect. Brooke, thank you. I'm going to put them on right now. Anyway, the reason why I'm going to say Padme is um, because kind of Queen's Hope, but you got to read that so you know. But then also because of the fact that the way that her story ends has nothing to do with like her own choices. It is like everything to do with like external things happening to her. And I mean, I think that's something that happens just like with a lot of women throughout Star Wars is that like things just happen to them, tragic things happen to them, and they don't ever have the chance to combat those things happening to them. So I think women are generally 
very tragic characters in that sense, but like specifically Padme because of what happens. And then also like what Queen's Hope does to just make other things hurt more. <laughs> and, nice. uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think a, a big part of it could just be how, um, you know, a lot of these stories that have, that are based on the hero's journey, you know, Campbell famously said that women are are the prize at the end of the journey and not like the characters in it which is leads to some pretty tragic stories um it's like we're losing people uh but <laughs> tia kari uh, what's up guys so my name is kari um uh, aka star wars tia on uh, tiktok you can say that choco star wars tia it's okay <laughs> um i'm kari skywalker on instagram and um yeah you can find me there you know silly star wars stuff amongst marvel and other things um i do some like cosplay as well and um actually i i already knew that if camila was coming on she was gonna take the person that I was gonna say <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's gonna say it, but I, to me, it's also Padme. Um, it's just not not. I don't want people thinking that they need to pity her, pity her because of how everything ended with her. You know, she was strong up until the end. That 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 never she never faltered in that, and just you know, people kind of trying to take advantage of her of her of her generosity of how big hearted she was sometimes and everything. And, um, you know, and I guess that kind of happened with Anakin kind of doing that to her at the end, trying to lie to her about what happened while Order 66 was happening and stuff. But, you know, even though she, she, she wanted to believe what he was saying, she knew, you know, what it was. And that's, that's what, one of the things that was amazing about her that people really think, oh yeah, she was just like after Anakin simping and stuff. No, she, she had her own feelings and her own ideas about uh, everything that was going on, especially with Anakin. That's why she she knew that she had to go find them, you know, in uh, in Mustafar to try and get him back because she knew that he was doing wrong, you know. So um, I, I just don't like that a lot of people kind of had still had think about her like that. But she was strong till the end, man. Even though you know her story was cut short, you know, so 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 soon. But yeah, I love her, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me. I'm uh, uh sadly I, I'm not as far as I want to be in Queen's Hope, but I will be uh I have a feeling I'll probably be finishing it this weekend. So I'm getting my sign copy next month, so I'm excited, I'm waiting. <laughs> um oh, Camilla says women being part of Heroes Journey, everyone should pick up the heroine with a thousand and one faces by Maria Tartar. I actually just finished reading that. Uh like I don't know, two weeks ago, but there's there's so many like facets I didn't think about it, but I, I love so that the book really goes into um just just read it. It's it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> it, it touches on a lot of things, but showing the different parts of how the purpose of these stories, where they came from, like the oral tradition, how they benefit them how women are typically seen as when they are the protagonists and how uh a modern examples that echo or turn it on its head or exemplify like there's there's so much there's so much in that book um i need to go through it again and apparently jj also has got it 
Uh, also, I got to shout out Miss Eggy because Miss Eggy's the best is in, in the chat. Shouting out Queen's Hope. Um, everyone on Behind the Music was tragic. Oh, it's Monty. Um, awesome. All right. So I'm super excited. Let's uh, let's let's start by doing a quick, you know, rapid fire because uh, we want to know, you know, kind of get a, a base for your guys' feelings on Star Wars and, and how you entered into the fandom and, and what it means to you type thing. Um, so let's do a quick, you know, rapid fire of um, how you got into it and what's your favorite area like could be an era could be specific characters could for me my favorite thing is just the books all the books i put books over movies and shows and all that stuff because i don't know i'm a nerd um but uh yeah yeah how did you guys uh, come into it and what's your favorite area of it i'll go to daniel first yeah um well i don't actually remember how i came into star wars it's just always been there uh my dad watched the movies when he was growing up and i watched them with him when i was little i don't remember the first time i watched a star wars movie it's just always been there um but i did have kind of a break where i was just kind of a casual fan of it not really like super into it that much until rogue one came out and that just flew me right back into the mix uh of of everything and that's how i ended up uh being here several years later but yeah, I love Rogue One and loved the sequels got me really right back into Star Wars fandom. I love it. Um, how about you, Camilla? Um, I am relatively newer to Star Wars in terms of the fact that like quarantine and TikTok is what like really got me into Star Wars. <laughs> um, and diving in that way. And I rewatched all the movies before Rise of Skywalker came out and then TikTok was like, you should watch Clone Wars and Rebels. And I said, okay. And then I got obsessed and started reading a ton of the books. Um, and I am of the camp of, I'm the one who introduced my, I know a lot of people are like, my parents introduced me to Star Wars, but it's opposite for me. I am the one who introduced my parents to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So they are now fans as well. Was that it? Was that just our Star Wars journey question? I'm sorry, you're asking questions and I keep forgetting them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, what's your favorite part of Star Wars? Yes. Oh, area. favorite part of Star Wars. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's women like it's just the women of star wars are my favorite part like it's it's it, it's hope and then women and they two the two of those things go together hand in hand so beautifully um because i think now i think i know it's a fact the women are often the vessels for hope throughout the star wars uh throughout star wars stories um and yeah and hope hope is just like one of my favorite themes throughout any kind of media um and to see these women who i who admire a lot just constantly getting it done and doing amazing things and also being bad and evil i love when they're bad and they support women's wrongs and all of that good stuff so yeah all of it all of it just women <laughs> Lorna D. Yeah. That's Lorna D. We let men be bad all the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. And uh, how about you, Tia? Um, so basically, Star Wars for me started around when I was like eight years old. It was my cousin, actually, uh, my older cousin. Um, he was a huge nerd. Like he was from the streets, but he was a nerd too. So he had a balance there. <laughs> and um, he sat us one day. He said, "Listen, we're gonna watch Star Wars. You guys need to get into it." And 
we that that was uh, the original trilogy uh, trilogy at the time. And um, yeah, since I saw Darth Vader, and I was like, wow, this is like the coolest thing in my life ever <laughs> when I saw him. And um, but uh, and yeah, through I mean, it's always been a love of Star Wars, but I was never like you know the way I'm geeked out, like the way I am right now. It was just more, you know, like, okay, I love Star Wars and I love Darth Vader, you know, whatever. Then the prequels came and then Anakin and, you know, but it wasn't deep. And then quarantine, like Camila said, came through. And I was like, everybody's like, oh, Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm like, all right, let me do a whole rewatch in order the way with the shows and everything. And then that was it. I just, Rebels became my favorite show. Kanan Jarrett became my favorite Jedi. And, and you know, that, that was it for me. And then my favorite part of one of the biggest things that I love um, from Star Wars is the Force lore. Like, I'm obsessed. That's why another reason why Rebels is one of my, is my favorite show, because it has such lore on the Force and stuff. And, you know, just because there's always something to learn. And now that I've been, that I've read The High Republic, it's been like, you know, mind blowing, mm. especially the more we, more details and the more we, we, the, like, we really get to see what the force is like with these Jedi and, and, and the different aspects of how they see the force and all that stuff. It's amazing. So I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. <laughs> I'm going to have to change my answer because the high Republic has really like, it's taken me by storm for sure. Um, yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, how about you, Benali? Um, so I actually got into star Wars as an act of rebellion. Um, my dad is a known star Trek fan. Um, he grew up with them it's a, it was a big deal to him um, my parents grew up in india um and so like they would get reruns um and that was like the it was like one of the few like purely english immersive things um so it was a big part of his like growing up experience so then when i was born um he was like we're gonna watch star trek and i hated it um <laughs> and so I, I i didn't like it um and instead i was like let's watch this um because i picked it out the library um, and it was Empire Strikes Back. Um, and he's like, this is not Star Trek. And I was like, it has Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I watched it. I fell in love. Han and Leia got me. Um, but I didn't, like, fully get into Star Wars. Like, I mean, I got all the um, got all the movies. Um, I watched Attack of the Clones. Uh, when Obi-Wan does that thing on Geonosis and he stabs uh, the thing, uh, I think my brain chemistry changed. <laughs> um but i fully like got really into star wars i picked up the revenge of the sith novel i was always a big reader um and so i picked up the novelization of revenge of the sith and it was oh, somehow yeah. like this incredibly beautiful piece of literature about this like dorky like sci-fi show a movie um and it's the thing that like really propelled me into star wars fandom ah uh, i love it beautiful beautiful story <laughs> although although i i will have to you know normalize you know enjoying both but yes a very very different vibes uh, i want to shout out uh travis thank you so much for the for the super chat uh shmi skywalker is the most traffic in my opinion as a slave gave up her son only to be ravaged and killed by the uh by the tuscans and the tragedy is part of what created vader yeah, very true. Very true. Um, Shmi gave up a lot, and uh, yeah, Shmi is is strength as well because that's an impossible situation to be in. Um, also, random question to Travis: Are you going to celebration? Uh, Travis is, is a, a friend of mine. 
anyhow, jumping back into it, um, Meeks, how about you? Ah, what's happening? I'm frozen. Okay, I'm back. Okay. It was <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got into Star Wars. I my first like most distinct memory of enjoying Star Wars was I just remember um at my cousin's house on my mom's side of the family we would play with lightsabers in the basement and we would watch the prequels um because i think i was six when the phantom menace came out and then nine and then 12 for like the prequels and so childhood was spent smacking things with lightsabers <laughs> and beginning to battle with each other um, and I remember when the sequels came out, I took my cousins, my younger cousins, um, with me to the theater because I was like, oh, this is fun bonding experience with the family. And I fell in love with Ray and was like, okay, <laughs> these are the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And, um, <laughs> one of the years that I lived in Spain, I went to the city of Sevilla, which is in the South where they filmed um part of attack of the clones they filmed naboo and i made my friends that i was traveling with recreate a photo of like anakin padme and r2d2 and i was r2 of course um and just like with quarantine and 2020 um i decided to embrace my nerdy side uh on TikTok, and it has brought me so much deeper into a love and embracing of all things fangirl. Um, and I think my favorite area of Star Wars would also be the books. Um, just there's so much beauty and depth and character development that we get with books. And um, it has definitely been my like comfort hobby. <laughs> through the last year, which has been really difficult for me in my personal life. So finding books that just bring me joy, and a lot of those have been Star Wars books, has just been an adventure in and of itself. Awesome. And man, no, you, you guys, like, these, these past couple years of, of quarantine have been wild. And, you know, I always joke that now everyone's got a lot weirder. But then, of course, <laughs> there's the realization, like, no, we were... We were all already this weird. We just hit it. And now we're actually being ourselves. And it's amazing. And I, I can't wait. Like, I'm almost afraid to go to celebration this year. Because I feel like everyone's going to be, like, so extra. It's going to be the first time we've yeah. been out of the house. And it's among fellow geeks. Like, whew. No, it's, it's, it's going to be wild. Um, all right. So... Well, jumping into the topic at hand and i want you guys to feel conversational um i'm, I'm gonna try to be mostly quiet because i'd much rather i think everyone would rather hear your guys's thoughts but um yeah feel free to be conversational and jump out and you know share your thoughts if you guys someone's saying something you're building energy off of them you know go for it um but uh, yeah, the question I ask is, you know, who who are your favorite, you know, women of Star Wars and and why? Like, what makes them such a compelling character um, to you? And uh, I will just leave it out there. If someone wants to jump out. I love women. Period. Like, I just... <laughs> you want us to choose? This is such a loaded. Like, I have a bazillion answers. <laughs> 
All right. Well, pick, pick one, and and then we'll we can all discuss that one, and uh, we'll keep keep it moving. I mean, I feel like you can't talk about women in Star Wars without starting with Leia, without starting mm-hmm. with Carrie Fisher. Um, and I talk about Carrie Fisher because I feel like a lot of what makes Leia so iconic is what Carrie Fisher brought into the role. Because, um, uh, like, let's be real, George Lucas is writing for Leia was very like not great um and it was, it was a lot of work that <laughs> Fisher put into the role um of really like brightening this character i mean like the reclamation of like slave leia to like hut slayer leia um mm-hmm. and so now that people have kind of taken that persona and they're like well it was always like this i'm like no it wasn't a lot of work had to be done by women that were really victimized um i mean if you read carrie fisher's book i really, really mm-hmm. recommend it um, that was not a great time for her. And she instead took that, like, like what she was going through and made this like beautiful character that like girls and women can still relate to so many years after A New Hope. Um, and now so many years posthumously. Um, and so like, I remember I went to go see The Force Awakens. I went by myself because I was like, I'm going to cry and then I'll go with like other people. Um, and when we see Leia, like I like actually sobbed. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's her. Um, and so when it's like, oh, it's General Organa, I'm like, yeah, General Organa. And I love that. But she will always be Princess Leia to me. And like, um, I think we talk a lot about like the way we talk about traditional femininity um and i wish that we had still kept like the moniker princess leia because there's nothing less strong about her being princess leia to then being general organa but i mean i love both so it doesn't matter so you know one thing i noticed because i was doing my big rewatch of all of the movies and um one thing i noticed rewatching a new hope is the only character to be officially named in the opening scroll uh, of the main three is leia Han's name isn't in there, Luke's name isn't in there, but Leia is in the opening scroll. And I thought that was very profound for me because I'd never noticed that before. But the first movie of this big franchise and it's Leia's name we see on there, not Luke's, not Han's. Yeah. Yeah. And she was a princess like in real life too. Like, and some of her stories are wild. If you haven't read, <laughs> you know, any of her books, I know the Princess Diarist was the last one. Um you know, before she passed away, but uh, get that on audiobook because you're gonna want to hear her read it herself, and it's it's amazing. Have any more I thoughts? Started on reading, I just started reading Bloodlines, um, <sighs> and I'm just like in chapter. I, I'm just in chapter three, but whew, those three first chapters, Leia, Leia was like, I was like, dude, is this Carrie or Leia? Because the way that she was just like, you know, like coming out so strong and like so opinionated and i was like oh my god i love her i love this and i, I can't wait to finish reading it but that that definitely is one of the characters i the books have her written really i mean that book starting right now has her pinned down the way that she's supposed to me she should have been more in the movies you know like even morphe and, and even though carrie did her thing with george kind of limiting her um but that that book already started strong with her and i love it Oh man, that book changed me. I, I, I did Galaxy. not. Oh. Go ahead. I went to Galaxy's Edge for the first time this summer, um, and I was on Star Tours. And uh, when they have, and it's not even Carrie Fisher, um, but when they have the Leia hologram, like hologram, I I cried more during that than I did during uh, 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 what's what is it? Rise. 
I I was like, oh my god, it's like, <laughs> and my brother's <laughs> looking at me. He's like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> I also, while we're talking about books, I also want to say the Leia Princess of Alderaan book is also fantastic, and we get a really beautiful female friendship um, with Holdo and Leia in that book. So we need more. We need more of that in Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. Was, that book Bloodline like changed me because I, I never thought um, I've always loved you know the, the character of, of Leia, but there is so much. I, I know I guess I had so many blind spots for, for the women of the franchise, and it wasn't until I read that book, and because I was holding off on it, I was like, you know, she's like middle aged and stuff. Like I, I don't know, that's not that book changed me, man. Like it's an incredible. If you haven't read Bloodline, please absolutely do. Uh, and also, I was going to add, I'm not much of a, a crier myself, but the Vanity Fair photo of Leia with her daughter. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, amazing. My mascara is going to run by the end of this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about... Carrie Fisher, um, I got to see her the year, the few months before she passed away when she came to Harvard and that genuinely is one of my favorite, it's my favorite Star Wars memory because she meant so much to me growing up as Leia and just the way that she embodied the franchise and uh, in her own way and the way she, she cared so deeply about the way that uh, the female fans felt about Leia and what she could do for them is just Something that'll always stay with me. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> and the way she owned, you know, because obviously her, her, the way she owned her imperfections was just like beautiful. And yeah, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, all right. And, and uh, Camille, anything to, to add? I know you didn't say any, any I'm just thoughts. like, I don't, there's nothing more to add. I feel like, I feel like everybody said so many amazing things about like Carrie and Leia and, and yeah, and Bloodline. I read that book, um, summer of 2020, which was a little, a little too close to home. Um, and it did different that year for sure. It, it <laughs> different. That's for sure. Um, it hurt a lot. Um, but yeah it's, I, it's like i mentioned earlier the fact that like women are like beacons for hope constantly and and like who who more so than leia um and and i think that she also embodies this that like a lot of women throughout star wars sacrifice a lot for the greater good um and like you definitely see that in bloodline how much she has to sacrifice because she's trying to fight for what's right she's trying to fight for the galaxy and it just it breaks my heart because i want to be like why can't why can't they have both why can't women have both and um and and i mean that's something that i mean we could talk about later i feel like it's it might come up again just like in terms of the way the women are written and things that are getting right and wrong and all of that good stuff but um but yeah no she's just like she's such an inspiration she's such a a light. I love that she, yeah, like you were saying, Benali, about like Princess Leia, just because she's 
a general, like we shouldn't lose that princess title and the fact that what's his face, the Santeca clan says like she was a she's always a princess to me, right? Is that what he says? She's royalty to us. Yeah. She's royal to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the and the fact that I don't think three PO ever stops calling her Princess Leia, but I mean that's just three PO being three PO. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just it's the nuances of like the fact that women can be all of all of these things and more, and don't have to be just like put into one box. Um, and I love seeing Leia being able to do that, and she's such a great example of that. And I just I want more more women. Awesome. Beautiful. All right, so that's our thoughts on, on, on the queen. Um, who else do we want to talk about? And then also, I, I want to add, um, I guess, a, a caveat. And you guys can toss us in or, or not if you like to. But um, I tried to, to make sure that we had a pretty wide variety in backgrounds, you know, coming on onto the, the panel. So um, I'm curious, you know, for any other characters that you love or being in the fandom in general, um, if there's anything you know unique, uh, you know uniquely suited to you, or that that really connects with you in a in a special way that you want to add into it, I have one, and it's one of my favorite characters, and it's Lula Talisola from the High Republic. She's a Padawan, and she's created by Daniel Jose Older, and I was like, my guy. Her name. There's no way this girl isn't Latina. And he was like, yeah, she's Latina, whatever. Um, and there are there are so many things about her that, like, when I started reading about her, I felt so wildly seen in like a way that no other character in Star Wars has made me feel seen. Um, and characters just in general, and the fact that like she is this young brown girl who is like i'm gonna be the greatest that i want to be i am so ambitious like i've got all this power i want to be the best jedi of all time i care so much about my friends like i don't want anything to have with them she deals a lot with attachment that's like her whole entire arc is that she's like struggling with all of that and um and there are like little things about her that daniel wrote in that were just so so latino in terms of like she wears a hair scarf when she sleeps and she um she's it's the words that she'll say are like she'll say like ay mama or like ay 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 which is like all these little like isms that are very very latinx um yeah. so yeah so in terms of like like you were saying chocolate characters that like really connected with us yeah lula is like a really really big one for me because um, if I had had a character like Lula when I was a little girl, there were a lot of things that I would have felt were valid about myself and a lot of things that I would not have tried to hide myself and make myself take up less space and, and be less ambitious as a child if I had Lula. So Lula is like definitely, definitely a big one for me. I want to add off of that and say that Daniel Jose Older in general, like when I saw that he was writing a book for Star Wars with Last Shot, I was so like filled with so much emotion the same way I felt when I saw like when Poe was going to be or uh, when we had the character of Poe or when Bill Organa when I was watching Bill Organa in the prequels uh, if like we need more Latinas in Star Wars but uh, to have someone who understands your cultural background uh, writing for Star Wars felt so significant to me even if that's not necessarily you know in Star Wars to have that representation just felt so 
like I cried when I got his book because I was like, this is the first time I've seen a Star Wars book written by a Latino. And it yeah. just meant so much. And I feel like he's done a lot characterization wise. You're right, Camilla, when it comes to that kind of representation on the page and in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I'm South Asian, I'm Indian. Um, and so a lot of Star Wars actually borrows from Eastern religions. And so a lot of times I'm like looking at the Jedi code and I'm like, oh, I've, I've read that in the Vedic texts. Um, <laughs> and so there's oh. that, but for, it didn't hit me. Like I was like, oh my God, she like actually looks like me. Um, until I was watching the Bad Batch. It was episode one and we have Death of the Lava getting shot down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we like, we get there and I was like, oh no. <laughs> like General Kenobi. But she was, um, she was awesome in the comics. I was like, no, he hasn't. Go away. Um, <laughs> the Kanan comics, like knowing that every, like so much of what made Kanan so good and his like understanding of the force he gets from Deva. Um, and that like last conversation, which like now is kind of retconned, um, which is okay. I, I, I don't see a bunch of a different like problem with it. But when Depp is like, hey, your journey, when like if nobody answers, like in the um, in New Dawn, she's like, if nobody answers, then you're going to know what to do. Um, where Because he's like, well, what if nobody answers the holocron? Um, and she's like, well, then you'll know what to do. Um, and then to know how much of like Kanan's motivation is Depp, I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And I wish that the first on screen like excluding season seven of the clone wars wasn't her getting shot down <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, who knows maybe we get some more in the future i definitely hope so um yeah i mean i, I i'm excited to see what we're gonna do with with reva um going forward uh because yeah Ruby was already uh, just a, just a queen, and we we never we never get you know like these these black women villains, and uh and and in all in all honesty, you know I know a lot of people say it shouldn't matter, and they're right it shouldn't, but it does. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. we get to a point where where, where it doesn't, you know, yeah. but um for for right now and and especially depending on who you have behind the scenes writing it there's there are just certain things that you would never never think about you know and uh for for those who have um this is a little off topic here but there was someone who you know, made a video about you know being mad that white privilege was mentioned in the batman and i was just like and and I get it from from that perspective because you know if, if you're a fish you don't notice the water around you but you know if if you're not a fish uh, that water is pretty ever present and it, it's <laughs> a kind of a big deal it's something you have to deal with on a regular basis every single day and others can go by and not notice it uh, yeah so it's just it's just interesting uh, but yeah I mean you guys have more thoughts more women who appreciate. I think like kind of going off of that, the argument that a lot of people say is that, well, like race or gender or sexuality doesn't exist in Star Wars. Like those lines, that doesn't exist in fiction. Um, and they don't, sure. Like we can ascribe that, uh, like a certain coding onto a character 
or um, a certain like narrative onto a story. But yeah, technically, no, it doesn't exist. But these stories also don't exist in a vacuum. Um, they mean something to the people that consume them. So for like, everyone's always like, people like to dog on Ray a lot, right? Um, but right, it's not for you. It's for the little girl who's going to go see The Force Awakens for the first time. And she's like, oh my God, look, it's Ray. Like I was scrolling through TikToks or something. And there was this like little girl who was like, she was like pretending to use the force on like Galaxy's Edge or something at this like processional little par uh, parade that they were having. And so she's like force just pushing all the stormtroopers. And then like the Ray, uh, the Ray um, performer comes up and she's like elated and excited. And that's who these characters are for. So when we ask for representation, it's not because we want like, we want to talk about race within the context of Star Wars. We want Star Wars to be a conversation about race or gender or sexuality. Beautifully <laughs> said. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I was just on TikTok complaining about the the change to uh, Kamala Khan's powers, and then I had a, a Booba Fett remind me of like, "Yeah, it's not for you, buddy." It was like, oh, <laughs> really?" This, this, <laughs> The show about coming of age uh, as as a, a Muslim American in New Jersey is not for like a, an adult man. Like, what? <laughs> okay, no, I. Oh I, my god, I get it. she said, um, "Little girl, uh, girl, brown girls from Jersey City don't get to be superheroes or something along those lines." And I cried because I am a brown girl from New Jersey. Um, I was born in Jersey City, <laughs> and so for me, I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is going to." This is gonna be a, a roller coaster, and then like, and then you get on Twitter, and everyone's like dogging, and I'm like, come on, can we just like enjoy things for like thirty seconds? Yeah, I'm. When do we ever? Well, depends. <laughs> <laughs> and, like that doesn't mean there aren't valid criticisms. I think there are yeah. valid criticisms of no, everything, of but um, I think when we like start nitpicking and then start vilifying people that like it, that's when we run into problems. Yeah. New Jersey represent Brian with the beard in the chat. I always appreciate it. Um, all right. So uh, we we spoke a little bit about actually. You know what? Let's 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 dive a little bit into uh, into Ray because I don't think she gets enough appreciation in the fandom. Um, so I was waiting for you guys to spend more time, but I'm just gonna call it out. All right. All right. What? Why? why... <laughs> <laughs> What? Why do we like Ray, or what's what's special about um, or unique about her journey? Me? Can I go for it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like Ray, um, Chaco actually helped me uh, last fall when I came on the podcast and um, raised money. I was actually trying to get the jumpsuit Ahsoka, but I ended up. Long story short, issues with the shop that I was trying to buy from, and I ended up buying Ray, Tross Ray cosplay, and putting that on was like <laughs> the wildest thing I've ever done. <laughs> like, just the joy, and I don't know, seeing yourself as your favorite character, there is something incredible about that. And so, to me, I relate so much to Ray, to like her femininity her emotions, her strength, 
for compassion, for BB-8, for Finn, like her hope for Ben Solo, um, her search for identity and belonging. There's something so, so beautiful about her story and her character development. And I like, I literally cannot understand how people don't see it. I understand they don't relate. I understand that. You don't have to relate to every single character that everyone else relates to, but like being so I don't know, just like unable to see the ways that her character blooms and develops and grows and like seeing her joy at seeing the galaxy when she sees all the green, like that moment, just, I love her so much. <laughs> and yeah, she just like her perseverance, like going through the trauma of her childhood. There's just so many things about her character that I love so, so, so much. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, well, for me, it was, I, I say this in my rewatch videos of the sequels too, is that I, having a main female character, the main female, the, the main character of Star Wars be female when I was a child would have been like so instrumental to so many things in my life. And uh, I still love that I had Leia, that I had Padme. Um, but having the main character be someone like Rey would have just done so much. And I th can't help but think about the children now who have, uh, who have Rey to look up to and who they're growing up with Star Wars. Maybe their first experience with Star Wars is going to be the main character being a woman. And that means a lot to me. And I just wish that people would think about that before they start attacking the character in such a vicious way. <laughs> I think my one of I think one of the cutest things that like I remember is the Halloween after the Force Awakens came out. The amount of like little rays trick or treating. I was uh with my little hair buns. It was so cute and that's like that's who Star Wars is for. Um it's for children. Um we can we appreciate it. We love it. We'll sit here and analyze it. I mean, I Star Wars is technically for everybody, but it really should be for geared towards kids i mean if you want the longevity of a franchise you have to start appealing to younger audiences um and so when we like we brought when we like brought in our scope for the amount of people that we take in for an audience um we just make it so it can extend longer it'll outlive its current fan base and like mm -hmm. that should be a good thing but i think people don't get that yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what keeps it alive. I mean, that's what it's, it's just funny because we we went through this already with the prequels, and you know, people were upset that there wasn't so enough prequel content growing up, and we've had to wait, you know, um, over a decade to get you know Hayden Christensen back into the mix. You know, like this is why if you if you just like let the people who this is intended for enjoy it then, then maybe we'll get more stuff and and you know don't do to the next generation what the previous one did to you yeah we, we gotta be better we gotta be better um all right so before we move on to kind of like talking about the writing aspect and the behind the scenes aspect let's do a, a, a quick round and like we'll, we'll shout out who is like the underappreciated one the one that no one ever mentions um that needs that needs some more love or needs some more uh, consideration all right i know i'm just i'm throwing an, an oddball at you 
Uh, does anyone have anyone? Um, I'm gonna say Jocasta New after, oh yep, because man, though, yeah, she was spicy in the freaking prequels and stuff, and we hardly we got like one one scene with her, but in the comics, wow, like she was she was fearsome and she was like not nothing to play around with. I loved it, and you know we don't. Not too many people know about that because obviously it's just in the comics and stuff, and then we never spoke about her again like that. So, but man, I love that woman in those comics. She was like so badass. <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, the Vader twenty seventeen run, Order sixty six happens, and then you know Vader gets the Inquisitors, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna have to pick our Jedi, uh, you know, targets to go after." All their names are listed. Jocasta News in red. Like, get this. Pro Yoda wasn't even in red. Jocasta <laughs> knew was like, listen, she's too dangerous to be left alive. And uh, and you know what? They were right. Her cache of stuff is actually what helped Luke forward in, in the future. And yeah, there's a whole lot of connections there. But um, yeah. Yeah. Who, who else do we got for our underappreciated queens? Um, I was thinking, um, Senator Chuchi. She's so good. <laughs> She's so adorable. I love her. I love Chuchi. <laughs> Always makes me <her> smile. <laughs> I was gonna say Grand Admiral Ray Sloan because we yes. love to see. I'm just like to see her constantly being like the only woman in a space surrounded by all of these men. And just like constantly putting them in their place. I'm just like, this is an icon. She's a queen. I want to be like as ruthless as she is, just like like how the in the um in the Entertainment Weekly described Reva being um ruthlessly ambitious. Like I think that's also very you could very much say that that's Grand Admiral Sloan as well, Ray Sloan. And oh my gosh, I hope we see more of her because oh, the fanboys would be unable to handle it <laughs> and i would oh, like to see man. <laughs> i i know you've read both uh camilla but i got which one did you read first aftermath or um or um a new dawn a new dawn a new dawn okay yes yes um, but i mean obviously like i mean i fell in love with her definitely in, like a new dawn and then obviously you get more of her in aftermath like interacting with all of these men um, and her doing her thing. Oh gosh, she's so cool. So that's why I want to appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, I would say Satine, but without considering her relationship at all. I think when we talk about this character, we only ever talk about her in context of her relationship with Obi-Wan and dubious parentage and whatnot. But if you consider Satine as a political figure, she's the only character to win the Clone Wars. Um, she keeps Mandalore out of the Republic's hands, out of Palpatine's hands, and she keeps Mandalore out of the, uh, out of Separatists through Dooku and then Thucydides, um, which is pretty incredible. It kind of sets this trend of Mandalore being really hard for the Empire to get their, sink their nails into. Um, for as long as she lives, Mandalore does not fall to Palpatine. Um, and we, we talk a lot about how, like, maybe her pacifism wasn't great, um, she she managed in one in one person's lifetime managed to turn mandalore from civil war to uh, economic prosperity uh, and it takes dooku 
um, funding the, uh, Death Watch to uh, kind of put that into turmoil. And then it takes mall funding Death Watch. Um, we're not funding, but supporting Death Watch to essentially microcosm the Clone Wars on Mandalore. Um, and Satine, actually, she surrenders because that's what her people want. She surrenders to be captured and she knows she's going to die um, because that's what the democratic will of the people was. Um, if you read like the junior novelization of that arc, um, she chooses not to fight because she's like, I'm not going to let people die for me. Um, and so I think Satine and Obi-Wan are great, but for me, what makes her great is her politics um, and her just unwavering, like, no, I'm going to do this. It's going to come, like, my love for Mandalore is going to come before all my personal needs, all my personal gains. Um, and that's pretty great. Damn. I think, yeah. I broke my brain a little bit. Yeah. She's the most successful ruler in all of Star Wars. She is. Sorry, go ahead, Danielle. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, for me, I guess I have two. Um, Iden Versio, which I know that she has the game and the book, but I want more of her. <laughs> um, first, because it's incredibly hard to go against your parents uh, when you're raised that way. And it takes an incredible amount of courage and self-determination and willpower to forge your own path separate from that, especially when it's such a radically new path. And um, I love that about Iden Versio. I love her as an Imperial too. I would love to see more of that, but I do also love her as a defector. Um, and then of course, Rose, because I fell in love with Rose in The Last Jedi. She was probably my favorite character in that movie. And I just hated to see the way that her character just kind of was let down uh, in many ways. And I think I really fell in love with her more in her one-shot comic uh, for uh, Heroes of the Resistance. And that really shows kind of the love between her and her sister and really dives deeper into her character. And I want so much more of that. Yes. Ooh, I Brooks love it. Brooks Marin and Trilla, and I just want to like underscore that. I they're so good, so good. The women in Jedi Fallen Order are just they're the best part of that game, and I stand by that. Yes. Here too. <laughs> All right, so we, we gotta. I, I gotta run through this chat real quick and and talk about because uh, there's a lot of amazing people being mentioned here. Um, Element Seven brings up Renestra, Kiev, Lula, Zine. Um, absolutely, you know, Brian brings up Mon Mothma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think about the times like she's helped just random soldiers because we've we've. It happens both in um, in um, in Lost Stars as well as the first Battlefront book, where there's like soldiers being stupid or getting drunk, and like she's like help help them stumbling around and stuff. Like, I don't know. Um, Toes was supposed to be Rose. Um, <laughs> Monty has has typing issues sometimes, which is okay. Uh, Padawan's podcast, Sabe, absolutely. Um, Sabe is making a comeback and she's really gunning for like my favorite character. I, she's just kicking butt. Um, Ventress, oh, Asajj Ventress arc is, is so good. Uh, let's see here. 
Ventress has the best redemption story in Star Wars. And that is my controversial opinion that like always angers people. They're like, Anakin. I'm like, no, it's Ventress. It's Ventress. I would agree <laughs> Ventress with you. Lived, she repented. She lived with her consequences. She was redeemed before you even read Dark Disciple. And I think that, and then everything she does after that is just trying to do, put into the world what she didn't get. She's just so good. And then she I'm died. a Ventress apologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. Uh, I love it. No, so Ventress is, is great. Um, Tam, uh, Tam from from Resistance, so uh, amazing. And I, I've been encouraging more people to read it. But if you read Alphabet Squad, uh, yes. Alphabet Squadron, mm-hmm. Erica Quell, like there's certain characters that have to live with their choices and like they don't get an easy way out they don't get to save you know their son and in, in the with with two minutes left and be like yep i'm good now and you're like damn it <laughs> also alphabet That's- squadron uh, for queer female representation um and like for not cishet female representation we have a trans clone in um queen's hope yeah um which is just so cool because we're talking a lot about cisgendered women but trans women are women so Mm -hmm. absolutely yes i can't wait Uh, for everyone to read that book (laughs) (laughs) i'm like wait i have to remind myself that i can't talk about it on here literally uh now i'm curious who all has it and we might have to make a separate like offline conversation uh, to... <laughs> oh, so once when when I when I finished. Um, but uh, Lamasu Nalase, uh, Maz Kanada, uh, my grandma, I love her. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, Danielle and and the. I don't know if you if you've read the the High Republic Adventures, but I da- going back to like Latinx representation and how Danielle showed it was like populating Star Wars with space Latinos, but Maz and uh, Sav, just the two of them were just like, I was like, these are my aunts. Literally, <laughs> like, I mean, freaking Sav is making a cafecito, like in the beginning of her story. <laughs> living for this. No, I mean, just Maz in general. <laughs> Spot on. Maz in general. Plus we have a new, uh, um, we have a new Jedi that was like running around with Maz way back in the day who's going to be a focal point of in the High Republic and the next uh, portion that comes and for some reason her name is not is it's not with me oh my goodness it, is it not Sav? is it somebody else? yeah yeah sorry I was thinking Sav uh, I've different pronunciation in my head my, my bad <laughs> yeah Sav Melgan yeah 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 um but absolutely you know and dearest stokes uh yeah we have uh, lots and lots of awesome stuff uh <laughs> jenny says Maz literally talks like my tears <laughs> pelly and uh pelly and fennec from book of boba fett carried that show for me so pelly <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> Some relevations I did not expect, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So 
what's really the difference for you guys when writing you know a female character versus a, a male character um and like it, yeah what, what's the difference you know who who do um how can we do better you know what are we done right and and what what needs to be improved I've... uh tia sorry you're, you're muted i think um can you hear me but i will say one oh yes i can hear you now okay i said don't do what george did with leia and padme that that's the first thing that we need to <laughs> discuss please don't because <laughs> he started off okay with in in, in in phantom menace you know strong you see padme kicking ass and she's being a queen and all that stuff and then it's just gradually like we get to to revenge of the set and i, I like to have my own idea of why she was you know she was pregnant and she was vulnerable and everything, but definitely it could have been a little bit better written by George. So, but there's no underwear in space and, and <laughs> women just die, you know, and like, there's... <laughs> you know, I've seen people um, talk about this already, but it is really true that men not, not always do this when they're writing women but a lot of the time and i think we saw this in the book of boba fett some is uh the idea of like what a like really strong woman looks like is 90 percent of the time always shown as someone who is just like physically strong or like strong in the way that you would want to see that men want to see men strong um but not necessarily the way that it always can be and so a lot of that depth that I wanted to get from like Finnick in the Book of Boba Fett, we didn't really get. Um, and just, you know, there are different definitions of what is a strong character. And I feel like that hasn't really been explored in the visual aspect of Star Wars and the TV shows and in the movies the best way that they can. I feel like we got that a little bit with Rey um, and we got it a little tiny, tiny bit with Padme, not nearly as much as we could have, but I want more of that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to how active is the character is it are women in in stories and how active are they are as the characters and what I mean by that is are they making choices are they actively making choices or do things just happen to them and they have to go along with it are they actively doing things that impact the plot and move it forward or is it um, is it just again like oh, this event happened and thus they have to go along for the ride. And especially like if it's in their own stories, um, I mean, it's like with both Padme and Leia, like they were making, they were doing active things at the beginning of their arcs and then were not at all toward the ends of their arcs. Um, so that's like, yeah, that's something that I, that I think a lot about it. I mean, like JJ mentioned, I say this all the time that like, it's you want to write strong female characters, not strong female characters. If you can mm -hmm. essentially just swap her out and there's and like she's just a man, then like that's not a that's not a well-written female character. And like Meek's right. about that right. un on like unendingly because we love Fennec. And it's just like very frustrating the way that like her character was in the book of Boba Fett falls into the trope of like oh my gosh, she's like world weary and she's hardened by the world. And so therefore now she's like jaded. And this is like everything that like men have said to me about like why her character is good. Is that like, well, she's like world weary. Yeah, she's hardened by the world. And thus like, she's not going to be like this kind 
kind of very feminine person. She has to be this like badass, and she that's why she's like not talking much, and that's why she's in the background. And I'm like, my guy, you you are saying that like women can only be badasses if they look if they're acting a very specific small way. And I'm like, that is not at all like the nuances of what it means to be a woman and the fact that like often women are very masculine or they're very feminine and there's no like intertwining of the two and 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 i think that another thing that that the issues that we run into is that like a lot of these women there's like an expectation placed on each of their shoulders to be the representation of women in star wars and it's like mm -hmm. padme should not be the single representation leia should not be the single representation ray mm -hmm. should not be the single representation that's why we need we need women who are like padme we need women who are like Aiden. we need women who are like ahsoka we need women who are like bo-katan fennec you know like all of these different women who are who are well-rounded in their own ways and completely different because we can't just have one kind of woman because there is no just one kind of women like there are five of us here and we are wildly different and we are you can't look at one of us and be like we represent all women that's ridiculous that's stupid <laughs> and that shouldn't yeah. be the case so yeah it's just like nuance and at the end of the day what it comes down to is are women involved in the creation of these characters are women uh, in the room um as these characters are being created or women running the show um men men have the ability to write women well they do but are they listening to women and and speaking with women in there or are they operating in a vacuum where they think they know best and that's mm -hmm. what yes i love it. like i think like ventress i think to me it's one character that um because not only is she's like obviously she's intelligent she's strong and she's sexy you know, the way she flirts, but still has a menacing way about her. I, I, I like that because it's not, it's not, it, there's, there wasn't just one thing that made her like, like, you know, Camilla was saying, there's just, it's just one way that it has to be, you know, she had a combination of these things. And I like that about, you know, that the, the character, the way they did that with her and then how she eventually, like, um, Benali said that. She ended up changing her ways and just the ways that it, 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 she ended up redeeming herself and stuff. It was just, I, I, I like that uh, about um, how they took her character in that way. Yeah, uh, definitely multifaceted. Her stabbing the trooper and then kissing him made uh, young Chaco confused. Uh, <laughs> Hello. Ventress <laughs> is another character that is primarily written by women, Katie Lucas basically spearheaded uh ventress's clone wars arc um and then in dark disciple you she passed the reins off to chrissy golding um and so i'm uh, i'm not saying that like only women can write women i think it's really stifling um but if you consider like the psychology of i'm gonna like nerd out for a second um please do because uh, i this is like a personal interest it's like the anthropology of like popular culture um when you write um it, like a character that's not your lived experience you typically write one of two things you write like aspirational like romantic partners from like a heterosexual heteronormative perspective so women write like ideal men um or they write fatherly figures and men and men will write like the idealized female or motherly figures um and so when we 
when we, so women like we we say that like women that write men like I want I don't want a man I want a I want a man written by a woman. Um, it's because it's the aspirational like male ideal, but because the way we've been socialized, um, female like what we aspire to for like men is usually like it's more it's it's more like compassionate it's more internal. When men write female characters, they write char like they're like idealized women. It's typically not more internal; it's more external, um, and that's why like, we've ended up with this like historical trope of females being either like sex objects or like motherly figures. When you look at Star Wars, which is like this like textbook case, you're introduced to um, Leia, who is very much hypersexualized, um, and then that's like our only like female touchstone, um, other than like. Mon Mothma, who's the mom? <laughs> exactly. And then, but then, like, the better example is in the prequels where you have, like, you in Phantom Menace, you have this idealized, like, romantic partner in Padme, and then you have Shmi, and they, like, represent two different things. Um, and then you kind of separate women into those, like, two categories. Um, and because that has been, like, the historical nature of women being written, because we didn't allow a lot of women to write their own characters, their own stories. That like now, that's what we've socialized with female roles as. So even though we put women through the door, um, we're still kind of stuck in the same tropes. And so it's a very chicken and the egg situation. It's like, is this what we've always expected or is this what we've written into the situation? Um, and so I think like, I always recommend, like when I, I write our friends, I'm like, you know, if you want write something that you're not, that is not part of your personal identity, but like sensitivity writers, sensitivity readers, are great um and yeah like you don't have to be a woman to write a woman but you should at least like consult with one uh which is what i'm trying to do for something i'm writing <laughs> but it's 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 scary it's uh yeah it's, no, because uh, we we like what we see again. The high, I, I'm always gonna go back to the High Republic because High Republic <laughs> is like peak reading, and we have all these you know male authors writing these these female characters, and they're just so relatable, and it's so refreshing um, from what we've gotten you know with the prequels and you know all, uh, the other shows and stuff. And these women are so they so relatable and so flawed and 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 it's um how can, how can i put this uh there's no trope with them you know like oh this is a typical woman trope uh, no they we have all these different personalities with them all these different um ideals with them and and it's and and i just love that i can really i know that this character I can relate and I know this person will relate to that character and, and she can relate to somebody else because we have such a variety and I love that about it uh, about you know the way that they have written the High Republic that you guys if you haven't anybody there you have to get on these books absolutely so good Char, I want to touch back to what you said about like how you were saying I want to sh like sharing sharing writing with like women and and like it is a scary place and it made me think that like i think for so long men have been now i think i know for so long men have been so in charge of storytelling um mm -hmm. and when you look at the history of the world like it's only really recently that like women are being able to be in charge of stories um and their own stories. And, and I think that 
it's, there are, I would say there's probably a lot of like men who aren't willing to be vulnerable and to open up and be like, and ask for help from women because for so long they've just, it's just been the norm and it's just is what has worked. And so I think that, yeah, you raise a good point that like, it is scary and it is like, it is making yourself like very vulnerable, but it is like such good, important work because it just makes your writing so much better. And it's like what more mm-hmm. men should do because it is, it like will be a humbling experience to be like, hey, this character is somebody I really care about. Like, do you like this woman? Cause, cause I'm sure like a lot of men are writing women and they're not writing like them poorly because they hate them. That's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. but it's like, oh, I wrote this woman poorly because I have a blind spot. And then I'm going to be vulnerable with myself and be like, hey, mm-hmm would you take a look at this writing? I would love to have a dialogue with you. I would love to hear what you're saying. And then like listening. And, and I know you've asked before, like Chaco, how, how can like men be better? And in terms of like the writing space, it's yeah, it's, it's listening. It's being vulnerable because the fact of the matter is, is that like, if you flip the coin, there are a lot of people. I I heard this said once and it's something that I, that I like to stick with, but like, if you have never been excluded, you don't understand the importance of inclusion. And in terms of like the very broad men writing versus women writing, the fact that a lot of like women have been excluded from the conversation are just like naturally always in a very vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it's good work to be vulnerable and to uh, put, a, put, put yourself in the shoes of like how women just feel all the time writing in like very heavily male spaces. Um, and yeah, it sucks, but it's, it's good work. Um, and, and I applaud you for that vulnerability and being willing to share with, with women and hear what they have to say. Oh, I appreciate it, but it's like the least of what I could do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what's one thing that's interesting that like really that, that, you know uh, the book um heroine with a thousand and one uh faces brings out is how the oral tradition of storytelling is originally feminine and and these things that have been passed down for generations um and, and generations were stories meant to teach people how to deal with certain aspects of life and um and different situations that can come up and how how all of a sudden it got trivialized and turned into an, oh it's an old wives tale meaning it was less mm-hmm. valuable and how like oh well that's just gossip which is only ever used as a term only used in context of women you've never heard men gossiping right and it's um i don't know it just just it's interesting because I feel like at one point in time, that's where all of our stories must have come from. And I, and I don't know, I was, I'm still interested in diving more into, you know, the, the origins of that. So if you guys have more book recommendations to find that out, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all ears, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating. And now, now that we have more people, yeah, I think I'm going to coin the phrase that it's, it's our water, you know, what is your water? What is the thing that, mm-hmm your life experience has surrounded you with so much that you can't tell that it's there but anyone else 
is like jumping in a pool like and they have to deal with it and everything's more difficult and you know um can we identify what that is and then of course you have the the intersectionality about it mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff to consider um yeah. but it makes for so much more interesting storytelling you know what of i mean course. like, you, like, read, one, you know, like i never thought about it go ahead one thing about like in my family um it's always been like the matriarchs the one that would have the, the family stories that they would be the ones to sit us down like oh come here mijita and you know, let me tell you about the story of your great grandfather or your great uncle at this. But it's always the women, the ones that are telling the stories, you know, and that's something that I grew up with, you know, and then I do the same thing with my kids. I like I make sure and I sit them down like, oh, you know, let me tell you about, you know, something that my mom told me about your great grandmother and stuff like that. But it's always the woman telling the story. They were the stories, the storytellers in my family. And that's something that, you know, I, I'm passing down to my kids as well. I want them to know that you know, we have a voice and we we are fantastic storytellers and we are fantastic at, you know, at at, at, at telling something that uh, society has said that it's a men, it's mostly men doing it, you know? So it's just, I appreciate that we're having these conversations now that we're finally getting to have more, you know, more women telling their stories and, you know, the books and everything, you know, from their perspective. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it. Well, what, um, we, we've kind of talked somewhat about it, about some of the, you know, like, oh, okay, we're just going to make him a stoic badass. And like, we could, um, I, I feel like, and, and some people just disagree with me and that's, that's totally cool like the the season end of mando season two we had all these women fighting together it's like i don't know anything about any of these people you know what i mean like i i, I don't know um casca looks cool but I, I think she had like four lines like <laughs> you, you can't you can't tell so um what are is there are there any more common issues or tropes that need to be um avoided and then um and then I'm going to tack on to, and I, I want to get all your guys' thoughts. If there's something you could communicate directly to Lucasfilm or, you know, whatever franchise you love. Um, and then if there's something you can communicate directly to the fandom um, and make them understand, <laughs> what would those, what would those things be? So three questions total, common issues or tropes to, to be avoided. And then if you can communicate anything to the makers and to the fellow consumers. Um, hopefully that's not too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the tropes that we had before was about that is, you know, you in order to make a female a, a, a female character strong, it doesn't have to mean that she has to be a hardened, you know, soul and like just stoic personality. It, it doesn't have to be like that, you know? There, there's no reason that she can be both like Camilla was saying before. Like, we need a personality. We need her to outshine and, and, and talk. Let her let her speak her mind, you know, and be witty and be funny. You know, not just, oh, I'm a badass here and I'm just standing and looking at you very seriously, you know? Like we don't that that's not necessary on you know at all. 
Um, I think that the stoic female trope comes from that character is more palatable to male audiences mm. than a traditionally feminine character. And that's why for like my entire childhood, traditional femininity was very vilified. Um, it for like, I could like, I can kind of point to like the dystopian fiction era on to like this like very not like other girls situation and that is that's a patriarchal idea this like not like other girls um because that makes women more palatable to men that makes these franchises more lucrative so like the prime example is the hunger games series i like that i like point to that like i'm like i can point to that moment in pop culture as being the thing that like really flipped the switch for the things that were marketable um but it like they were very cautiously trying to make this character a character that appealed to men because they were like well we need to bring people out the, into the box office um and so like my like my i guess suggestion would be to like not worry women we pay money <laughs> we will go see things um we will especially go see characters that like we think actually represent us and like i think camilla said this a while ago where it's um we shouldn't have to require female characters to choose like they should be able to be like career focused but also be like happy in their domestic lives which is why like i've personally been the best written character the best written female character and top written characters in general in star wars is harrison doula because yes. she effectively gets both <laughs> yeah I mean, if you if you ignore Jedi Knight, but even then like yes spoilers kanan dies but the like when when you watch the bad batch and she's talking about how she's like always wanted this like family she like looks at clone force 99 she's like you know like that's what i want and then you think like she's like on uh, the Havoc marauder and like you think of like rebels and she has like the ghost and it's all full and at the end of the at the end of rebels yes the ghost is now empty but she still has pieces of that family she's going to have that forever and so she still gets to keep her family and if you like um, read the alpha, uh, read Alphabet Squadron, which like everyone should. Um, Hera is just like this is not a. Oh no, did I spoil it? <laughs> I just saw the comment come up. No, he's messing with you. You're good. Um, <laughs> um, but if you read that, like she's not completely broken. She's not cynical. She she misses Kanan. She misses her family dynamic. But that is, she still carries that with her and she's thriving in her career. She's a great mom. And so like, don't be afraid to let female characters do both. They can, they can do all the things. We can do all the things. We do it every day. And they can be messy. Like, dude, mm -hmm. let them be messy. Let them be like, I, you know what? I don't want to deal with this little kid today. You know, like it's, it's fine. You know, like. Chaz Nechatic. Oh. <laughs> great character. Give me the you know, episode. They don't have to be like extremely. We they don't make us to be. Don't make women to be like. Oh my God, they're they're walking this line and they're like so good and she's a great mother because you know. No, let her be like. I I I need a break from this dude today and and you know what I don't want to do laundry today like you know, things like that that you, we have to normalize that we don't have to you don't we don't have to be put on a pedestal when it comes to things like that. Give me the episode where Hera leaves Jason with Chopper and takes the ghost out for a joyride because she's so That's tired. It, like, dude, get him away. I, I need a break. Literally. <laughs> I mean, Chopper, though, I don't think she would do it. That <laughs> Maybe Zeb. Maybe Zeb and Callus. I mean, that's, that's why Afra's so cool because Homegirl is messy in the best way. 
<laughs> yeah. I, her ex experiences running around the galaxy with Sana are just hilarious. Uh, <laughs> just magical. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. Well, so, what, what do you guys want to communicate to... Um, I didn't hear anything from Danielle or, or Meeks. Yeah. Well, I guess I could, <laughs> I guess I, I've had some thoughts recently about what I would communicate to the fandom. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote them down. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Actually, is that I feel, so when I, cause I'm fairly new to Star Wars TikTok, just I've only been on for the past, like, I think like four months or five months, whatever. Um, wow. And one thing I've noticed that I, I felt like I was being kind of uh, insane and in thinking this, but I've seen other women voice this as well, is that it always seems that people don't think about how they communicate their comments to women versus how they do to men on social media. And so even though someone might be trying to be uh, helpful or they might think they're being helpful, it comes across as really condescending in a way that I don't think they would word that if I was a man. <laughs> and it feels like the assumption when people come into a woman's comment section is that we don't know what they know already. And if we don't say it in the video, then that means that we don't know it. And to me, it gets it, it gets annoying because it's like, I, I don't think that I know everything and I don't need people to think that I know everything. But sometimes they're really like big details that of course I know that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna know that. And I never see those types of comments most of the time in men's comment section. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's that type of thing. It's just consideration. Consideration when you're talking to a woman about Star Wars and think maybe before you press send on that comment, would I say this if she were a man? <laughs> and if the answer is no, or if it might even be close to no, then maybe just keep scrolling. <laughs> Don't yes. comment. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, how about you, Meeks? I also wrote a bunch of things down. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, so, the first thing that came to my mind was, like, if a girl likes Star Wars, this is kind of related to what Danielle's been saying, like, men feel the need to question, like, prove it. Prove you're a Star Wars fan. Name three facts about some obscure male character. Revan. Always Revan. 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 <laughs> always Revan. Or Starkiller. Yeah, oh, Starkiller, yes. Oh my God. And it's like, why? And Camilla <laughs> and I talked about this also. The other thing is, women are fetishized. Like, oh, you like Star Wars? You're a good girl. How do we, how do I get a girl like you? Like, no! You don't. <laughs> well now you don't exactly <laughs> well now you don't precisely i made the mistake of putting a star wars quote in my dating profile <laughs> <laughs> for real um what else okay this might be this might i might not say this well but sometimes i think being a content creator sometimes that Sometimes something that I see myself and other female creators do, I, I just wonder if we are treating content creation like a business. How do we get the most 
views, the most interaction, get invited to premieres, get a promo box, get a book in advance. We have to think about the audience. Who is a loud majority of the Star Wars audience? Men, what do I need to do to create content to get those interactions, to make content that men like? And, and I think then we're missing out on this content about women in Star Wars or the things that we enjoy. Why are we just like crafting our content for men? Why are we gearing all this, all this content for men? Mm-hmm. And it, it's super frustrating to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I have seen a lot of my friends talking about Queen's Hope, but I have seen mostly on Twitter a lot of hype about brotherhood and i ask myself like why why is that why is there they're both books they're both about characters who are beloved like why is queen's hope not being talked about by a lot of women and a lot of men and a lot of non-binary creators like why I think that also goes back all the way back up to Lucasfilm. I mean, and I know that like for for a certain extent, it's marketing synergy. They've really like branded this year as like Obi-Wan's year. I get it. I get it. But like, I know exactly when Brotherhood is coming out. I know when Padawan is coming out four months in advance. I didn't know that they pushed Queen's Hope twice or whatever. Um, and that goes all the way up to Lucasfilm. Like, they, there are projects that they care more about, and those are projects that are catered to men. And, like, I don't know how to fix that other than, like, women. Like, I think we just have to, like, we have to be like, we're here. We like the things we like. And this is a lucrative option for you. I was and pissed just, when I got pushed back, but uh, that's, that's just me. <laughs> I was so and mad. Just, one thing with, the, with uh, like, Queen's Hope is just, and this is something that I've said forever uh, concerning Padme is how Padme is basically forgotten in Star Wars period. Like we 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 don't get any mentions of her, of her like that. I mean, we now we do because you know we get in the book and stuff, but then that's it. Disappeared. There's no mentions of her and in 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 other medias or anything and i i i i personally very much that that upsets me very much to me per, like my personal opinion padme is the most important star wars character um and she's a, in she's in and she, maybe she's not but she is a very big part of the story one of the most important parts of the stories and i don't like that we don't get anything past basically the prequels and some of the comics, you know, but it has to do with Vader. Like we can't just get her. And then all we have is these three books now after the prequels. And that's basically it. And I, I, I've always just liked the fact that they just left her out like that and just basically, okay. Yeah. She was somebody's mother and that was it. You know, they don't even mention her when it comes to the rebellion, knowing that she was basically like one of the main persons that that sparked you know the start of the conversation like why is she not being also you know uh honored in that when it comes to the rebellion and stuff so so of course if there's not talk like that nobody's gonna hype this book unless we're it's you know um, there's it's padme fans and it shouldn't be like that so Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Is it, it was weird to anyone else that there wasn't even like a, a discussion of sending one of the kids to the Naberries? Or, or... I know. I, yeah. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I think like going off of what you were saying, Thea, is, is that, and this is like partly also like what what I would like to say to the fandom two parts is that like I think there's a I think I like agree with everything that's been said and 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 the fact that like oh we need to keep like marketing stories about women uh, the thing that frustrates me is that why is it only ever women talking about women why don't I ever see any men mm -hmm. any male creators talking about women the only time I ever really ever see men talking about women is to prove that they're one of the good ones because they're defending Ray Skywalker and that is it or because I, it's Women's History Month. Exactly. Thank you. Why is I it feel personally called out. Everyone. Yeah. And so it's just like, it really, really, really makes me upset that, yeah. I mean, Rhonda said it earlier that like, me, like women are a genre of Star Wars. And like that is... That's not okay because because there are a lot of I mean I made a video for um, women's like people talk about we need more women representation and I made a, a video for International Women's Day that um, is like a bunch of women and there are in this video over a hundred screenshots of women there are over a hundred and counting more women in this fandom that can be celebrated and that should be celebrated and that aren't just Ray, Padme, Leia, Jin, Ahsoka. Those are five women. And there are so many others that should be celebrated. And it should not be just up to women to celebrate them and to highlight them and to get and to and to have have those women like take place on your platform. So this is like to men listening, if you are a content creator, like make space for women on your platforms raise up women's voices let women take space because women are often told to not take space so let them take space in your places and you take a step back so that so that women can be heard in a way because women are naturally going to be heard differently than you so make space for them and then i also want to switch and say like just want to address the gals and non-binary pals like y'all i see you I feel you. I know your pain. Like this, it, I am so sorry that we are living in a time and are in the Star Wars fandom when it is hard, when it is hard for us to exist in this fandom, when it is hard for us to talk about the characters we love and to put out that love and be met with so much criticism and so much negativity about the characters that we love and specifically the women that we love. And that is really, really, really hard. But I want to encourage you that what that the work that you're doing to celebrate these characters and the work that you're doing to make Star Wars a safer space for the fandom is not going unnoticed. And it's not it's not thankless work because there are kids coming up right now who are going to get to come into a Star Wars fandom that is going to take care of them and that is going to love them and is going to accept them and include them in a way that maybe we didn't get to be included. And so that just, that doesn't even just go to women that goes for like all underrepresented groups that goes for people of color, that goes for queer people that, that we are making spaces for 
other people to not go through what we're going through. And it really sucks. And it's really, really hard work. And I wish we didn't have to deal with it. But there is a, there will be a day, I firmly believe it, when we, when the, that, that sense of negativity is dimmed and dulled and that sting of, of hate is, is almost gone. And only the light of the rebellion and the resistance lives Aww. on. <laughs> For light and life. Yes. I love it. I yeah. so pretty. I love that. I, what's what Rose said, you know, they win by making us think we're alone. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there are more. And love how Amber says, I'm so happy to be in a time when we can find each other. That wasn't a thing when I was young. Yeah. We're creating something better. Um, and yeah, but, you know, uh, when you know me, me doing like this, this podcast is it's only like a, it's a stopgap. It's it's very small. But if I can get you guys in front of other people, and then other people will invite you on, and you guys find each other, and you know, um, we're we're just trying to make a movement. You know, mm -hmm. hopefully, uh, well, yeah, I have I have no doubts because I've already seen it make a change. I've already seen acceptance of a lot of things happen faster than i've ever seen it happen before and so i think you know a little bit at a time definitely not there yet but uh yeah yeah keep letting us know how we can mm -hmm. improve and but i think i think that's trying. the reason why i think a lot of i think a lot of uh, that's one of i i feel that it's uh, the fanboys are pushing back so hard is because we are starting to be seen now. We are starting to, you know, be heard now. And they don't like that. They feel it's like, whoa, wait. You guys are just supposed to be the cute Leia, loving Padme ones, you know, whatever. Just cute and we're the strong. This is this is the fandom for us, you know? Because that was all like the, the 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 stupid always trope of oh you know nerd nerd stuff is for guys the girls were never into nerdy stuff, and now that they see that we're coming in full force it's like whoa no wait why are you invading my space? Like well bro too bad <laughs> you can go you can either get with it or you know just go away we don't we don't need you at all. <laughs> I think the argument that like, oh, there's so many women and so many like marginal, like insert marginalized community here, like in this fandom that like, they're like, they weren't here 10 years ago. And I'm like, no, they were always here. Um, we've just stopped staying in the sidelines. We've stopped like letting you control this narrative. Mm -hmm. We've stopped like accepting less. Um, and so, yes, it is a really dark time, like not you know, well, it's a dark time in general, um, but it's it's a hard place. Fandom spaces are really difficult for marginalized communities. But I think that like like Tia said, like we're making a genuine effort to make them like safer spaces. And the, it, you know it's working when people start pushing back. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is just push back harder. And um, kind of like adjacent yeah. to what some uh, what we were talking about before. But I think we also don't give female like any like female fans like credibility. So like this has happened to me a lot. Where like I'll post I'll, like I'll like post a comment or something, and somebody will be like, um, actually, and I'm like, no, actually, like here's all the reasons why I know what I'm talking about. Um, and then they still don't believe me. But then like a male creator or like a male fan will be like, oh no, no, like this is why. And it's the same thing that I just said, but that carries more credibility. Um, and so yes. I think it's just like, like for people to just be more conscious that like we know what we're talking about. 
um there's nothing different from like what i'm saying towards what i was saying um and so like when when men when men come in and i'm like it's great that you're like really like you want to help out but less of like no actually it's this or more of like no actually she's right um and you're wrong so i'm sorry yeah absolutely <laughs> all right yeah um i mean th thank you guys again for for all coming out this was an awesome conversation I've, I've enjoyed this like a, a lot um and i'm always left with a lot of stuff to consider so i appreciate that um let's, let's put go. it in your book put it in your book <laughs> I, i'm trying to you know I, I found that um in general all of my favorite protagonists have like always been women and so like it's it's been um tough for me in like trying to write stuff because i'm like i don't feel like i'm up to it so so we i'm learning little bits and pieces and like you know reading the books and stuff you guys recommend um but yeah that being said let's go around the room one last time and um have everyone say once again where we can find you and your amazing content um also and also let us know if um if any any closing thoughts, you know, anything that uh, that we've missed, any additional messages, just uh, yeah, one more time for for cleanup. Um, and I will start with uh, Tia. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. So again, um, my TikTok handle is uh, my name here, Star Wars Tia, or um, Cody Skywalker on Instagram. And final thoughts, just. Um, Listen, guys, and this is for the men. We're here, and we're not going anywhere. I think you guys should appreciate that we're here and that you can have more fun joining in the fun in a safe manner, in a respectful manner, and this fandom could become the most amazing thing in the world. Just, you got to put in the work, you got to put in the, the, the thought and the respect. That's yeah. what I was saying. I honestly feel bad for the toxic people because we're over here just vibing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, like we have so much fun with everything. You know, we have valid criticisms about things, but we also like don't we enjoy it. So it takes so much more yeah. energy to hate something than to like something. Absolutely. That's it. And uh, how about you, uh, Benali? Um, so not on TikTok, but, um, I am on Instagram at Benali912, um, and my, like, closing thought is just to, like, listen to more women, let them, let them air their grievances, don't tell them they're being ridiculous, don't, like, kind of minimalize their struggles, no, don't, like, what about them, and, like, this effort to include more women in the conversation shouldn't end when March ends, like, on April 1st, keep, keep the, like, keep going absolutely and uh meeks um i am fangirl meeks on tiktok instagram and twitter and i think my closing remarks would be we need to be allies in every single way um for myself as a white person I need to be listening to and uplifting black indigenous people of colors, voices, um, 
people who don't look like me, people who don't love like me, people who don't um, have the same like mindset as me, the same abilities as me. Like, I want to encourage everyone to do the same. Like, listen to people who are different from you, uplift those voices of marginalized groups, and um, it's gonna give us a lot of joy, a lot of empathy for each other, and it'll only make us better and Star Wars better and the community better. So. Appreciate it. And thank you for, for also men mentioning, you know, differently abled. I, I personally have a problem with like not putting the captions on my videos and I don't know why I forget. I just, I just post it and I'm like, damn it. I'll do it. Now. And then, uh, you know, in some, it's so small, but like it, it helps if it, there's always things to, you know, just, just consider, you know, um, Danielle. Yeah, so I'm uh, written in the Star Wars on TikTok and written in the SW on Instagram. Uh, and I guess my last thing to say is that, I mean, this doesn't just go for when you're creating content about women in Star Wars, but also any marginalized group. Um, remember that those people don't owe you anything uh, when you're creating that content. You shouldn't be doing it for the views. You shouldn't be doing it for the likes. You should be doing it to get that information out there and to show your support and uh, you shouldn't expect something in return from those people when you do that. Um, I, I know that, you know, that that goes for everything, like I said, not just when you're creating women, content for women, but if it's during Black History Month or during Pride, things like that. Um, it should be because you genuinely want to create that content and spread the word. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And last but not least, Camilla. Yes, um, I'm Camilla again. Um, you find me on TikTok, a couple places, Buddy Wiki and Open Circle Fleet as well. Um, and then also check out Beings of the Galaxy, um, my Star Wars narrative podcast. The episodes specifically, uh, we have Chaco's episode, Finding Balance and Mysterious Love. And then Meegs' episode is um, The Young Adventurer. And then also I want to highlight another episode that I wrote that's called Hollows of the Galaxy. And that one is actually very very um on theme for women's history month all right so definitely check that one out but I just listen to all of them they're a lot of fun anyway um last last thought i want to reiterate what i said earlier about if you have always been included you don't understand how painful exclusion can be um and taking a moment to try and understand what people who have been excluded from the conversation are going through um, and how they feel um, is important to building empathy and helping us understand um, each other in, in this in this world. Um, and, and yeah, just because a story has a character who doesn't look like you, who doesn't, who doesn't act like you, who doesn't move in the world as you do, who doesn't come from the same background as you, does not mean that there isn't value to find in those stories. So specifically in terms of this conversation for men, women have had to find themselves in male-centric stories for all of time. There's no reason you can't find yourselves in stories about women. Um, mm -hmm. so keep that in mind. Um, just because something wasn't necessarily made exactly for you doesn't mean that there's not value for you to find in those stories. Um, and just, you know, women, that's it. 
Women. <laughs> Women. <laughs> Women. If, yes. yes. If not, Luminara will judge you. Amazing. Thank you guys once again. Um, I, I appreciate it so much. I want to uh, also thank you know um all the uh the channel subscribers here, Brian with the Brian with the beard, Libuan Kenobi, Xcore Gamer Skills, uh, Joy the Jedi, Master Yoro, Jedi Master DePaul, Star Wars Lawyer, and Xanatos, and all these amazing people hanging out in chat. We got JJ Cat Lady. We got Rhonda with the book. Um, uh, check out Rhonda's podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Rhonda, say the name of your podcast in, in the chat if you <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, we have uh, Vince Skywalker hanging out here. We have uh, Monty Montgomery Harris, uh, who was on last week. Lots of fun talking to him. Um, Chris Star Wars Lawyer. We have Escape Reality Films, St. Pat, Miss Eggie, um, Amber Medina. Uh, just phenomenal group coming out here. I appreciate all of you guys because I love making content and having these conversations uh, so we're just gonna keep them going and um also we're, we're gonna try to do a live in person at celebration for whoever's coming so please please let us know we'll we'll, we'll make the thing happen have fun anyway. guys <laughs> yeah have fun i'm not going at all <laughs> you'll be with us in spirit uh i'm gonna be but... there though <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone uh have a wonderful evening and may the force be with you always.